afternoon, everyone. This is James Moreno along with Michael Jorgensen. And together we are Prestige Sports Wide. 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 Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll be talking again about sports. What's new here? <laughs> no, we decided to make this into a book reading podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we now, are, right? uh, today we're going to be uh, continuing on our conversation about the NBA playoffs, a more focused emphasis on the Western Conference, uh, and then as we mentioned in our last podcast, we will also be having a NFL podcast as well as a golf versus boxing podcast to follow. Oh yeah, plenty of fun stuff coming your way. Um, again, we want to thank you for listening and uh, being a part of this. Uh, me and Mike are just ecstatic to be able to talk to you. Um, weekly about, you know, different sports topics going on. Uh, this is a passion project for us. You know, we, we just love uh, talking about sports. We've actually talked about sports probably another two hours off air that you guys haven't even been a part of. Um, so, again, this is something we're just really passionate about, and we appreciate you being here. So, Mike, why don't you tell them where they can listen to us and uh, contact info if they have any suggestions or content uh, requests. For sure. So, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, LinkedIn too, right? Uh, maybe. maybe. Lipson, yeah, uh, Lipson. SoundCloud. But uh, if you do want to contact us, definitely feel free to do it on Facebook or email us at sportswide sorry, at gmail.com. And as James said, definitely please share with your friends and your family as well as hit that uh, like up, like button on uh, on our link. So And subscribe to content if you're using an RSS feed. Um, that will down- auto-download all of the content to your, uh, you know, to your device. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into the very first series. Again, today's focus is solely on the Western Conference, round two. Um, Utah versus Houston. What did you take away from game one, Mike? You know, I, there wasn't really any big takeaways that I had. Uh, I mean, Houston in, in the series against Minnesota kind of dominated that series in the same way. Uh, I, I just more or less expected kind of the same thing, and that's that's essentially what happened. Obviously, uh, you know, we can get more to the topic of the Ricky Rubio injury. He was sidelined with what appears to, what I've read online, that was a left hamstring strain. Uh, but it seems like he'll be back for game two. How about you? Uh, I think without Ricky Rubio, I, I think it's kind of gone under the radar how valuable he is to this team. Uh, definitely as a top-notch facilitator, obviously when one of those types of guys goes down, it, it definitely hurts the team overall. Um, but Ricky Rubio, I think, has had a, a very solid year, and uh, his contributions are now being uh, missed now that you know he missed some game time in Game 1. So speaking of Ricky Rubio, ass- uh, assuming that he does play in Game 2, which uh, you looked up online that there's no injury report of him being out again, correct? Correct. So with a Ricky Rubio, how does that, cha- how does that change the outcome of Game 2 in your opinion? I think it. I definitely. I, I definitely think it helps Utah. I don't think uh, you know it would hurt them in the sense that it's a bad matchup for them. Um, if anything, you know, you have Ricky Rubio against Chris Paul. Obviously, you give the edge to Chris Paul there. But a healthy Ricky Rubio being a top-notch facilitator, like I said, will open up opportunities for others like uh, Rudy Gobert, Gobert, who didn't have a solid game one, and uh, also free up Donovan Mitchell, their their stud rookie who's just been off the charts all season long and in the playoffs. Um, you know, if you get those two guys help and kind of create that triangle big three, um, I think that does nothing but, you know, give them a legitimate shot at least 
hanging with the Rockets for a little while. Um, let me ask you this. All that being said, uh, is it time to consider the Jazz a legitimate team in the West? And going back, I, I'd like to ask you the same question about a healthy Ricky Rubio. What does that do for the series? I'm still not a, a – I think Ricky Rubio had a great first series. I still don't know if I completely trust him. There was a reason that Minnesota got rid of him. I, I just don't know how much he will help out. I do think, although, when I look at the Western Conference – the Jazz, if you're looking just on a strictly team basis, I think the Jazz, when they are full healthy, have all their pieces to their puzzle, might be a little bit stronger than most of the Western Conference teams. Just They play very well as a team. And like you said, if Ricky Rubio is out or Donovan Mitchell specifically or Joe Angles, any of those players are out. It's almost like that team isn't as, as as strong as they are when they're all together. All right, great. And I'm sorry, I tuned out. I was listening. I was looking at something online. <laughs> Did you answer about is it time to consider the Jazz a legitimate threat in the West? Yes, that's what I just answered. All right. Do you think they are? As you can see, we're just a couple goobers to get together. We like to talk about sports. We are not professionals. We are not pretending to be. Um, so, yeah, in my eyes, um, Donovan Mitchell is one of those very special players, kind of like a, a young Russell Westbrook, but with more skills at, at that age than Russell had. Um, you know, he can go out and drop 30 to 40 points and get your team a W um, and not hurt the team. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a very smart a uh, very high basketball IQ player that has tremendous upside. Again, he is a rookie, and he is dominating the NBA playoffs. He's been my favorite player to watch in, in uh, any of the playoffs so far. Um, I, I think the Jazz have plenty of, of talent to build upon. I think they have a solid foundation. They have good coaching. Um, I expect them to be you know top top four team in the West for years to come. Yeah, I mean, when I look at Donovan Mitchell, I think he reminds me more of a young Dwayne Wade, but neither here nor there. Uh, so here's a question for you. Uh, do you think that Houston's going to go to the finals? And obviously do, because you picked them. So Yeah, Houston's my pick to go to the finals. Um, I think with Golden State being a little banged up, I know Steph Curry's being back, but with them not having that chemistry um, and him being out for over a month, I, I'm not sure what type of player we're going to have coming back. And Houston firing on all cylinders. I just have them. Mike, what do you think? I mean, obviously I don't because I didn't pick them <laughs> to get there. So, uh, new, next next question. <laughs> all right. Does Houston bore you to watch? You know, when I was watching that last game, they honestly do. And the reason being is it's it's the James Harden show. And as much as Chris Paul has helped and stuff, it's – it's just, I mean, I looked up, I had an interesting stat that I looked up the other day. His usage is the most in the NBA at 34.6%, which is more than, uh, which is significantly higher than the next people on the list who were Eric Gordon and Chris Paul. Uh, and it's just, when I look at the shots that, that they have, he shoots, you know, on average about, one-fourth of the entire team shots. and it, So it's just, in a sense, it's, it almost bores me to watch because it's the same stuff over and over again. 
you dribble down the court, step back three, and that's all there is to it. There's there's no more. There's no like it's just live and die by the three, pretty much, and that kind of bores me. Yeah, one of my takeaways from game one is that even though Houston was putting it on jazz, the Jazz for most of the game, the crowd didn't care at all, and I think that kind of feeds into your point that it may be a little bit boring to watch, but at the same time, we're watching something that we haven't really seen before. Um, Houston is definitely the front runner right now. They're dominating games. They're shooting threes at a historic rate that's never been done before. Um, so let me ask you this. Is Houston's style of play sustainable? Uh, we take a look at Houston this season. They averaged, uh, I think, north of 45 three-point attempts a game. Um, they are adopting the live-or-die-by-the-three mentality. Um, again, is that play sustainable? I mean, obviously, again, I don't think it is. I think I think eventually they'll lose to Golden State simply because there's just more, more uh, pieces to Golden State's puzzle than I think Houston has right now. I mean, if you look at the last four games... They, as a team, shot uh, game one against the Jazz, they shot 82 shots. Game five against Minnesota, 88. Game four against Minnesota, 92. And game three against Minnesota, 81. Like, that's just a, an enormous amount of shots to be taking. And I, like you said, like the live and, live and die by three, eventually you've got to have something else in your game besides shooting three balls, in my opinion. All right, so what I'll, do you think? I'll take I'll take that same question, and I do think it's sustainable, simply for the fact that we are having this same discussion uh, roughly six or seven years ago when Golden State was just starting to break out. They were shooting the three at a historic rate. Everyone was saying, you know, based on previous years' experience, when Golden State wasn't getting the job done, that when by the time playoffs were rolling around, you know, your legs are gone and you're not hitting shots. And then what they do, they came out and they won two out of three championships and shown that it could be done. Now, like you also mentioned, that that uh, to Golden State's credit, they've added new pieces to the puzzle. Going out and adding Kevin Durant added new elements that they didn't have before. Um, you know, obviously Kevin Durant's a great player, but he's also a huge defensive presence and also allowed them to run the floor more heavily. And, and they really live or die on the fast break points. That's really where they dominate teams these days. Uh, but that being said, is if... I think Houston's style is sustainable because they have the right pieces to, to do so. Trevor Ariza has been a solid role player for them. Eric Gordon has been huge for them. Obviously, Chris Paul does what he does, and James Harden is, is phenomenal. If they keep adding pieces, I see nothing but growth for this team. I'm not a Houston fan. I'm a San Antonio fan. I hate to say that, but I think it's sustainable, and I think they'll be good for years to come. Yeah, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see what happens when they play a team that's similar style to them that has more talent than they technically do on paper. Yep. So with that being said, James, what's your prediction on this Houston Jazz series? I think the Jazz will come out and win one. I think Houston does lack one uh, key element right now, and that's kind of passion. Um, so I think that you know they won't take one of these games seriously, and Utah will come out and smack them a game and wake them up. But I, I do have Houston in, in five. You? I have Houston winning. I think it will be in six. The, the, Utah is one of the, probably the toughest places to play uh, in the NBA. I think having Ricky Rubio back will help out some. Uh, and, I mean, if you, if Houston loses game two, hypothetically, they better watch out because Utah is tough to beat in Utah. 
Yeah, and Utah is one of the top, you know, five defensive teams in the league, so I, I can definitely understand that. It's not an easy place to play. With that, we're going to jump into the second series, uh, Golden State versus New Orleans. Um, obviously, Golden State came out and smashed New Orleans, won by, you know, 20 points. Uh, was that a – was game one a fluke? No, James, I don't think it was a fluke. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about LeBron needing help – Anthony Davis is playing with a with a bunch of players that, I mean, realistically, Rajon Rondo played great when he was in Boston. But, I mean, let's be honest, he's been bounced around the league. Uh, and I think they've got uh, Etuan Moore. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I know they just don't have a whole lot of talent there uh, to be able to compete with Golden State. And so I don't think it was a fluke, uh, especially – you know, considering that it sounds like Curry's going to try to make a game two appearance, I just think that's just going to be a lot bigger. That that hill that they were going to have to climb for New Orleans is going to turn into a mountain. How about you? Fluke is kind of a tricky word. I I do see Golden State winning the series. Um, you know, I can't take anything away from their greatness, but I think the series is going to be closer overall than people expect. Um, I, I do think if you look at game one as a whole, I do consider that a fluke. Um, I think New Orleans got caught up in themselves. They, they swept uh, Portland. They felt really good about themselves, and then they had a long layoff in between games. So they had a lot of hype uh, you know, from all social media outlets, ESPN, all the media saying, hey, they're great, they're contenders. Uh, Drew Holiday came out and as a stud and shut down Damian Lillard. Then they came out and got smacked by Golden State. So I think one of the key indicators of this series is how New Orleans responds in Game 2. Um, again, I expect this to be a little bit closer of a series than people expect. I do expect uh, Golden State to win, but uh, I think New Orleans will surprise people because I do think they are they were as good as they, shown, as they showed against Portland, um, but I think it, they got caught up a little bit too much in their own hype. So with that being said, what do you think that New Orleans needs to do to steal a game in Golden State? Um, I think that um, what I just mentioned is come out and play like they did in, in Portland and just dominate the game and and smack Golden State in the mouth. Um, I I think that Anthony Davis needs to be the all star that he is and dominate the matchup down low and you know free up his guys on the outside. Uh, Drew Holiday also needs to step up. He had a phenomenal uh, series last year against Portland and then came out with relatively flat in Game One. Um, so I, I think they just need to come out and push the fight to Golden State because uh, I think when that happens, it, teams typically have a, a pretty good shot at taking them down if they're going to, if they are the aggressor. Uh, Mike, what about you? What do you th- what do you think it'll take for New Orleans to steal a game in Golden State? Uh, for them not to show up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I mean, if you want to compare, you're essentially when you. Based upon what I was taking from what you said, it was almost like, to me, you were comparing Portland to Golden State. And while Portland's a good team, they're nowhere in the same category as Golden State, in my opinion. I think there's just too many weapons on the floor to be able to, for New Orleans to guard. I think uh, Anthony Davis can play lights out, but then besides uh, Drew Holiday, where's your other points going to come from is kind of a guessing game. So... I just, I think what they need to do is they probably need to try to shut down Kevin Durant, almost make everyone else kind of score around you. But 
I mean, again, I don't know what what most, what they can do specifically. I don't know, and that's why I halfway joking said, hope that Golden State doesn't show up. So maybe you hope that Golden State has a bad night. Yeah, and so I think uh, one of the key the key uh, indicators here too will be what impact will Steph Curry have in his first game in over a month. You know, I don't think that we should judge how Steph Curry is going to play in this series. Uh, I think we can probably both agree that it's going to be Golden State and Houston in, in the Western Conference Finals, right? I know. I have Utah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Curry's more or less going to take this series to really get his legs back under him. Uh, I mean, if you're sitting out a month, I mean, if it's – I mean, we all know if you're sitting out a month from working out, it's hard to get back in. Imagine if it's playing against the best players in the world in basketball. So – I really don't expect too much from Curry this this series, and I think it's going to be more of him being able to be kind of a decoy slash getting his legs back under him. What about you? Yeah, and that's actually why I think the series is going to be closer than people anticipate because Golden State is going to take the time to get Steph Curry back um, implemented into their game plan and get that chemistry settled back in. So they're okay taking this game to five or six series so that Steph Curry can take that time to, to get back with the team and get in the flow of things. Um, and, you know, knee injuries are pretty serious. Having two knee injuries myself, I know that not only the injuries themselves, the, the mental aspect of that coming back, um, it it's a game that continues to play with you even a year or two after the injury occurs. Um, that'll make you think twice about driving to the hole and, you know, you see a defender coming your way, you, you might be a little bit hesitant. So I kind of expect that from Steph Curry. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. And I think that's uh, New Orleans' opportunity to seize and come in and make some noise and, uh, you know, rattle Golden State a little bit is use Steph Curry coming back against them and try and push the issue against them. Test Steph Curry, see how his health is, and, you know, just bring the fight to Golden State. I think that's key is bringing the fight to Golden State and exploiting their, their weaknesses right now. Which is not many. <laughs> All right, uh, so final question, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, if New Orleans had Boogie Cousins, what would this series look like? I think Boogie Cousins could make more of an impact than we probably than we probably think. Because I mean, if you think about having two potential six ten to seven footer guys, both can shoot three balls, both can drive the basket, both run right. I mean. Other th- so if you think right now Anthony Davis probably guard by McGee or Kevin Durant they probably can switch off or, and probably uh, Draymond but if you have Boogie Cousins in there I mean it's it's almost like uh, you know going way back in the day when you had Tim Duncan and, and uh, David Robinson, David Robinson. Yeah. I mean obviously different players they couldn't really shoot the three but from the same token just two big guys that create a problem because they're it, and especially in this day and age where your big guys can step out and hit the threes. It's your modern-day bully ball. Right. And that's beating so, them up on the three-point line. So I think Boogie Cousins will really impact the series. It's it's unfortunate that he's not going to be able to play because it would be, I think, in that case, I really do think Golden State could get upset by New Orleans. I think it would definitely go to seven games, and I, I think it would be definitely a hard matchup for Golden State or anyone that period to be able to beat New Orleans. Yeah. Um, JaVale McGee. Obviously disrupted the Spurs offense when we played them uh, with LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, When I'm looking at it right now, um, I mean, 
yeah, having Boogie Cousins, who is an, a, a, an elite all-star, one of the best centers in the entire game, you can't help but wonder what this series would look like with a help, healthy center who can contribute just as much. Um, so, like you said, it's unfortunate that we won't see that. Uh, I think they would potentially have enough to, to upset uh, Golden State or make this series all the more interesting. That being said, he's not here. So let's go ahead and jump into series predictions. Um, I have Golden State winning this in six. I would agree with that. All right. Well, that's kind of – we've already kind of talked about it. Uh, our final segment of here is the to – Live and die by the three ball. Will the NBA continue to evolve and gravitate towards the three ball? I guess, I guess, like you said, we've really talked about that. I mean, if you don't watch the NBA, you probably could still figure out that the overall answer is yes. And I mean, if you think about it, there's not many more big guys in the game that uh, aren't that, shooting that trees. are doing back to the basket kind of game. It's all. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge, for example, his game is a dying. He's a dinosaur in terms of his style of play. But I mean, if you think about it, he even the game that they took from Golden State, he hit three three. So I, I definitely think that people are starting to realize, obviously, three is more than two. And so I do definitely think that it is evolving and gravitating towards being able to shoot the three ball better. Yeah. Um, again, I. I me and Mike, I think we both agree the three ball is the way of the future. Obviously, it's an extra point. And then if you add flopping into it, which you're seeing all the more popular, and people kicking out their legs and refs not catching it, uh, you have potential for four-point plays. I can't tell you how many times I've seen four-point plays in the last two years, which has probably added up to the past 20 years combined. So uh, I do think the three ball is the, the, the uh, continued path of the future. Um, and I'm just kind of curious to see how the game will continue to evolve. It's kind of been a fun ride over the last 20 years to watch. For sure. All right, with that, now we will finally wrap up. Uh, we appreciate, again, you taking the time to listen to us. We are just a couple goobers getting together, recording this goofy show. Uh, I mean, we're in workout clothes right now. We're not in a suit and tie. We're not doing anything special. So for you to take the time and listen to us maybe on your drive home is uh, special to us, and uh, we thank you for your time. For sure. Uh, definitely share this. Uh, continue to listen. Again, if you've got any suggestions or comments or sports topics that you'd like us to talk about, uh, even if we don't know what we're talking about, we'll definitely try to do so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, again, thank you. Um, contact us at prestigesportswide at gmail.com if any content suggestions. And uh, bye. bye. James, you're still recording.